Hey fellow brain pickers, how would you like to get featured as a guest on multiple podcast shows like this one and get massive exposure? Getfeatured.media will get you featured on targeted shows. They'll design a custom bio page, pitch you to the hosts, schedule a time, prepare you for the shows and promote you so you get even more brand exposure. Head over to getfeatured.media to get major publicity for your brand. Welcome to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast, where successful entrepreneurs get their brains picked so you can apply mindset tricks and game-changing tactics that will help you become unstoppable. Now, here's your host, Daniel Geffen. Hi, fellow brain pickers, and welcome to episode 70 of Can I Pick Your Brain? My guest today has built not one, but eight seven-figure businesses, and has been named one of the top internet marketers in the world. Yannick Silva is one of those guys that seems to manage to do more in a week than most people do in a lifetime. Among many of the projects he has launched, he is most famous for creating the Maverick 1000, a private invitation-only global network of the top entrepreneurs and industry transformers. If I mention all the media Yannick has been featured in, I won't have any time left to interview him. His new revolutionary book called Evolved Enterprise has received endorsements from some of the most iconic figures in business, including Sir Richard Branson, Blake Mykowski, founder of Tom's, Brian Smith, the founder of Uggs, and Richard Saul Werman, creator of TED Talks, among many others. He plans on taking your business from transactional to transformational and even transcending. It is with great pleasure and honor that I bring to you a man that is less interested in the fact that he is a serial entrepreneur, best-selling author, adventure junkie, philanthropist, digital marketing guru, darn good doodler, and super connected influencer as he is a game changer. And by game changer, I mean changing the way business is played. In the words of Sir Richard Branson, Yannick shows entrepreneurs how rewriting the rules can create a better world. Yannick, welcome to the show, and thanks for letting me pick your brain. Hey, Daniel. Thanks. Yeah, that was very, very nice. Uh, just a quick correction. You mentioned uh, eight, eight different businesses doing seven figures, <clears throat> so it's eight different products that start from scratch that, that did cumulatively. Yeah, cumulatively, seven figures. I don't want to... I don't want to misconstrue that, so, but the multiple companies that, that are doing some figures. That's, that's really impressive either way. I mean, products, companies. Um, but speaking of Sir Richard Branson, um, apparently you dressed up as a showgirl in Vegas <laughs> to surprise him on stage before a keynote in front of, what was it, around 3,000 people? Yeah, it was, it was pretty darn funny. Uh, <laughs> so... You know, uh, two of my friends who who were Maverick members, Maverick alum, they actually met through Maverick, and and they are some of the top experts in, in Amazon, mm-hmm. and they were hosting their annual conference. Might be more than annual, but they had a, a conference for Amazing.com, and and they brought uh, Richard in as as a keynote, and we thought it'd be funny to surprise him. So <laughs> we had uh, we had a gal who was an actual uh, an actual showgirl. We had her dressed up, and then I had the the outfit. And I had a feather boa sort of covering my face as we walked him up the stage. <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, the big reveal happened and, and, you know, his face is just, just classic. And, it's... and so, uh, you know, I got, got one of the guys to, 
to say, you know, well, it's pretty expensive to, to bring you here to Vegas. So, you know, we, we had to make sure that we, we had you escorted up by, by two <laughs> lovely showgirls. But but it's, since it's so expensive, we can only afford to have one. And that's a <laughs> field place. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah. That's yeah, hilarious. So I'd love to get to know really how did, how you got in touch with, uh, with Richard Branson and also, you know, what it takes to be a maverick. But before we do... Can you tell us a little bit about your background? I understand that you immigrated from Russia when you were two years old. Yeah, exactly. About about two and a half, almost three. Mm-hmm. And my parents came over about $256 or so between them and, and my, with my grandmother as well. And within six months, my dad ended up starting a medical equipment sales and service company. So he got fired from his job at, at the local hospital center. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so, you know, been kind of around entrepreneurship all my life and 14 years old, I, I was telemarketing, selling latex gloves, 16. The deal was I got a car if I went out and cold called and, wow. and pretty quickly realized that cold calling really sucked. And, <laughs> and one of my doctor clients actually gave me a Jay Abraham tape and kind of turned my turned me on to this whole idea of direct response marketing and copywriting and, and could I write an ad to get people to, to raise their hands. And it really changed the, really the, the, the trajectory of my father's company from a regional player to a national player and then got you know gave me the skill sets that I still continue using to this day that are are incredibly leverageable what are some of those skill sets because you know <clears throat> i think listening to this people might think you know okay back in the day uh the sales letter and and you know th- those kind of tactics worked because they were new but will they work in today's world where you've got social media and email marketing and, and people are bombarded with all these things? What are some of the skills that you would say still work today? Yeah, so you know, to me, people are, are people are people. And I actually, when I started learning copywriting, when I learned anything, I really like going back to the source and then back to their source and back to their source. And that means that I was studying you know, what was working in, in the early, early mail order days, uh, when it was really hard to get somebody to take action, and and what worked then, and so those fundamentals and those principles still continue to work, and it's it's really easy for for people to think, well, it doesn't really work because you know, like you said, the attention span has decreased, or or we're bombarded by social media or whatever the case is, mm-hmm. but all those same principles continue working. It's just in the way that the message is is delivered so we still have to get somebody's attention we still have to you know interest them in our in our offer our product and and then build up the desire and then get them to take action which is you know one of the very simple kind of formulas which is aida but it it, you some of the things that that do change and i i do think have changed right now is you know we'll probably get to them later on is this notion of what i call an evolved enterprise is how do Mm -hmm. we incorporate impact into everything that we're doing and transparency and and how do we stand for something bigger because i feel like and this isn't really a new concept um as far as the transparency piece and and then your your buyers being really educated because david ogilvy who's one of the kind of premier admin from the the turn of the century who started ogilvy and mathers mm-hmm. he had in his books i mean he would write you know that the customer is not a moron they're, they're your, <laughs> right. your wife or, or your or your, your mother. So it's, you know, that, that same attitude was, was prevalent for the people that actually understood that. And now today, more than ever, I think consumers really kind of know what's going on. And if you do the heavy handed influence NLP techniques, you know, whatever it is, 
you're not gonna you're not gonna see the results that that you want. But if you let people in on, you know, if you give them the reason why, if you if you share with them that they're part of a bigger mission mm-hmm. and and give them transparency. Some of the most unique companies I've been looking at, like they're fully transparent, like you know where where their products come from, the materials themselves, what it costs. Uh, it's it's really it's really fascinating to see things like that and. And letting letting them be on your side instead of an adversarial relationship. Cool. And I really I want to get into that as well more. But one of the one of my goals for this interview is I want my listeners to learn how they can become a maverick because you, you created something called the Maverick One Thousand. Um, and first of all, for those listening that haven't heard about it, uh, can you explain what it is and also why you started it? Yes. Yeah, so it's been an evolution, you know, like anything. And originally I started something called Maverick Business Adventures, which was born out of about nine years ago. I kind of looked at my life and I was like, no, I'm not totally happy. <laughs> and outside looking in would be kind of strange because making a lot of money, uh, had a great reputation in, in the online space, which isn't that easy to do. Uh, was very well regarded. was doing a lot of great things, but helping a lot of people. But I just felt like I could do something more. And that, that sort of, I don't know, that, that, that question of am I happy led to me creating this group, which I thought would be sort of the end all of what I really wanted to do, which would we could go on amazing adventures together with other entrepreneurs, we'd talk business, and then there'd be some sort of charity aspect. And fast forward a little bit from that, uh, you know, ended up investing, spending, putting in about $400,000, losing $400,000 where, you know, my wife's like, so what the hell are you doing? I don't, I don't know, because I had a pretty open checkbook from the other company to pay mm-hmm. for what this was, and, and there was something there, and I wasn't willing to, to give up on it. And that's when it really changed this idea of Maverick 1000, which was a, a global network of 1,000 game-changing entrepreneurs who could really you know, make a difference in the world through their entrepreneurial brainpower, through coming together, support each other with their biggest aspirations and, and growing themselves and then making a difference in the world and having some fun in the process. So the essence of what it was never changed, but the expression of it changed. Hmm. And and so now it's it's really a group for three different kinds of, of individuals. One is someone who has a really big voice in the entrepreneurial community, someone who's a world-class expert in some way. And then third is someone who's an industry leader in their space and wants to be a lighthouse back to it. Right. So that- we have... Uh, yeah, go ahead. I know, and there's also a minimum um, amount of uh, money that they need to be earning as well. Like, is it a million dollars? Yeah, it's a million dollar gross revenue for their gross company. Revenue. So that's okay. that's actually, you know, probably the, that that's the only objective criteria. And then everything else is pretty subjective about about who who they are. And so, you know, if they're, if they're an entrepreneur and they're just doing a million dollars in their company, it doesn't mean that they would qualify automatically. We need somebody who right. is really, that industry leader and who, wants who are to, some examples of, of mavericks that you have uh they're more they're they're less well-known entrepreneurs and they're more of the the ones who are kind of under the radar underground who are leading their leading their fields mm-hmm. okay and, and they're you know everything from someone who's i don't know the the top person in the in the hemp industry to another one who you know, as a top person in in uh, in chiropractic or PT space, we have a uh, you know another one who uh, we have a lot who are in the digital digital commerce space. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, 
I'd have to think about some of the other industries represented. So for those of them, those are the people listening to this, that that's their aspiration. They want to become a maverick, right? They want to get to that to that point. Um, I, I kind of want to reverse engineer the process of becoming a maverick. So maverick stands for, I've got it here, it's uh, multipliers, that's M, um, astonishment, architecture, vision for a bigger future, extraordinary, reimagine, reinvent, and recreate, impact, connect, catalyze, and co-create, and then it's kiss, kiss, bang, bang. So can we go, <laughs> can we go through those and, and just kind of, you know, what? Yeah, if, let's hit a couple yeah. of those, sure. Cool. Uh, I mean, for multipliers, they, that it's somebody who has leverage in what they do. Mm-hmm. So what we're looking at is how do we bring together people who are hubs of, of their industry or their, their communities or, or their marketplace in some way. So, you know, maybe it's somebody who is, um, I don't know, like one of our members is, is the top uh, self-directed IRA company in, in the world. Mm-hmm. So by by having them in our sandbox and if we can nudge them a little bit, then then we have a, a pretty big, big impact through who they serve. And so that's that's what we're looking at is, is how do you how are you a multiplier in some way? And how do we have these small little little hinges that open big doors, really? Right. And I guess I guess my question really is, what's the common denominator? I mean, you're connected with with, with all of these, you know, A-listers and leaders in their industry. What would you say are some of the the things that they have in common, the skill sets, the mindsets, the daily practices? Can you share some of those with our listeners? Yeah, I mean, it's it's all over the map, really. Uh, there's There's not, you know, there's not one thing that I can point to and say, okay, that's you know, a total commonality. Um, it's, it's something that I remember doing some research on this and then just from personal connections and, and thinking about this, one of the, some of the research research that I have seen is that they all had somebody in their life who was an unconditional cheerleader for them. Hmm. And, and that was a really interesting aspect. So it was somebody who, who you know, regardless of what they said, they, they said, yeah, you, you can do that. And, and so let's just take, you know, Branson as a, as an example, mm-hmm. uh, his, his mom was definitely someone who, who pushed him in a big way. And if you read some of his autobiography and his books, there's a really poignant story in there about, about his mom, like dropping him off from home a mile or two miles away from his house with a bag lunch when he was <laughs> oh my eight, God. eight, eight, nine, ten in that neighborhood. And, uh, and then saying, you know, find your way home. Mm-hmm. And so he said when he came home that he just, you know, felt like this conquering champion and could do anything. And right. his, his mom was, has always been that kind of person for him. And, and so it's funny, I've asked his mom about that story mm-hmm. and she's like, well, you know, she, <laughs> uh, she, she's like, uh, she calls him Ricky. She's like, Ricky, Ricky kind of, you know, <laughs> well, uh, you know, he, he, that wasn't quite the way it happened or not quite the way she remembered it anyway. She's like, yeah, right. you know, I had a few neighbors looking out for him and so forth. And right. so it was, it wasn't that, but it, but the way that he remembers it and the way that it affected him was, was huge. And, you know, for me, my mom was certainly someone who, when I was, in the internet marketing space and she had no idea what I was doing. She was always like, yeah, that's great. You know, <laughs> it sounds wonderful. And she was just a, a great cheerleader uh-huh. and, and you need that person that's, that's in your camp and kind of this unconditional advocate for you. 
Right. I think for me, it's my wife, but uh, I have four kids. And if I tried what Richard's uh, mother did with my kids, I think she'd leave me. <laughs> so, yeah. By the way, um, I'm going to say something and I hope I don't embarrass you here, but you almost never made it to, to be an internet marketer. Um, in fact, you were on track to become a famous theater actor because at the age of five, you played the lead role of the Tin Man in The Wizard of Oz. And apparently, you still remember the solo song that you had. Um, and yes, uh, I just wanted to know, can you, can you sing that for us? Do you remember it? Uh, well, yeah, it was a little, <laughs> little past five. It was fourth grade. I mean, it was, uh, that's right. My, all my thespian dreams lived and died in that, that fourth grade year. And uh, yeah, I mean, the solo song was If I, if I, had a, if I Only Had a Heart. If I Only Had a Heart. Do, 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 do. <laughs> so, you know, it went a little bit like that. And, uh, it was brilliant. Yeah, uh, so it, it's it's pretty pretty good. Where everyone else was a sixth grader, and uh, and and I was a fourth grade lead. And I remember I was going to get back. She told my daughter this the other day. She yeah, she always asked for funny stories when I was a kid, and talking mm-hmm. about how the sixth graders you had two two of everyone right. There's two Dorothys, two yeah. two uh, Tinsmen, and so forth. And so they, there's only one night performance, and mm. and the sixth grader was in love with Dor- the other Tin Man was in love with Dorothy, and he was. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I I got chosen to be in the night performance. Uh-huh. So I still, you know, it's funny what you, what you remember from from being a kid. Well, you know what's incredible about that is the song. It it really represents your life, right? It, it's funny because at five years old, you were singing a song that essentially is the story of your life. It's about having a heart, and and what's impressive about you is you've done so much and where most people would just be satisfied with what they've done, you, you kind of have this itch that you feel that you need to scratch and kind of brings me to the point of, of your pivotal moment, which involves you chucking your cereal bowl so hard against the wall that it dented your family, uh, you know, the wall, the family wall. Can you share that? Can you share that story with us? Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's great that you mentioned the you know, if you only had a heart because uh, yeah. if I only had a heart because that that is true. It's like following following your heart. I think is is never wrong. It's just frequently scary. Yeah, and especially as you know, you think that it it changes as you. I don't know, move up the scale and quote unquote success that, mm. yeah, well, it's not, it's not that hard because you have all sorts of cash to fall back on or whatever the case is. But then, but then you have a, a bigger reputation or you have, you know, all these other aspects that, that might make it harder than when you're just getting started. Right. And so uh, no matter when it is, it's, it's, uh, I always think it, it's so worthwhile to, to listen to, to your heart and, and see where, where that's going. But, but yeah, that, that story that you mentioned, the throwing my, my cereal bowl, um, and, and leaving a dent in the family room was, was a result of that time period where things were just really going sideways of that. I was really, you know, excited and so passionate about what we were doing with Maverick, but I couldn't get the business model to work. I couldn't figure it out. And it was just, uh, it was so frustrating and I wasn't passionate about the internet publishing side of things anymore, even though that was the one that was sort of propping up what we're doing with Maverick. Mm. And, and it just really came to a head where, where I realized that, you know, I had hired somebody for six figures that their job was to really be the operations lead and to help, lead this turnaround of what we're doing and and it just wasn't working and and just you know having a a, a tiny little mountain of, of debt piling up and and have, before that it would have been really easy and just you know send out another email and, and pay for anything 
and it just wasn't it just wasn't wasn't working and it wasn't the same and so it was incredibly frustrating when uh and i'm, I'm a pretty low-key you know very calm individual and, and so that was just <laughs> just a really great kind of message to myself to, that we really really got to change if i wanted to to still keep keep doing this right so so what happened after that like what change <clears throat> i guess what changed in your life because you, you you know you were successful you had money you had and so there's just this one business or, or venture i guess that's just not working and yeah but the know, passion for the other one that was funding it was totally waning so i didn't you know i had the choice of i could go back to doing exactly what i was doing right and and continue that or or i could you know keep following my heart and and decide to to make make the changes that i that i really needed to and what what is that change like what is the mission what's the goal uh well the big mission is what you mentioned in the, in the introduction which is yep. changing the way business is played mm-hmm. and and so but at that point you know the mission was really you know to change what we we're doing and that's when we changed um the idea of maverick business adventures to that maverick 1000 and really changed the model to to the to the way the the business model was where before it was kind of more a la carte for adventures and things like that and, and now changed it to more of a of an actual network and, and mm-hmm. members pay for pay for different different experiences and retreats that happen throughout the year and and that gave us the the financial backing to to keep doing what we're doing and and throughout that time also just getting kind of gathering little pieces uh from you know people like like branson like tony shea from zappos and uh rich tierlink who's a former ceo of harley davidson and, and so forth and wow. just gathering all these little pieces of you know what how culture matters and and how a bigger mission really matters and, and all these other things and then we're able to turn around uh the profits something like 820 some percent when we figured all these pieces out which turned into what is the framework for evolved enterprise wow and that brings us to the book so you wrote the book evolved enterprise and what's the book really about what's the message of the book so evolved enterprise is about how do we i mean in, in the shorthand version it's mm-hmm. it's it's do good make well uh good you know do good uh and and just simply do do really well with your company and and it's it's kind of seems at a juxtaposition that you'd be able to do that where everything really starts working for you when you have a bigger a bigger reason why a bigger cause a bigger mission to mm-hmm. what you're doing your, your team gets behind it your customers want to want to buy more and share mm-hmm. why they're doing things um your your product or service itself has the impact baked into it and so you're able to to truly align your head your heart and and your higher purpose that's kind of like uh, what simon sinek uh, keeps talking about right start with why Yep. Yes. I'm yeah, right, right. He talks about the why and, and then the, the how and the what follows. Mm-hmm. And so for us, the framework is it actually starts with you and oh, getting, getting really, really clear on, you know, what, A, you know, what do you really care about? And B, continuing to evolve you as a person, because as your world changes, the, your inner world, your outer world continues to change. And then the, our, our next circle out is, is cause, mm-hmm. which, you know, is similar to to why for, for for Simons, and then the next circle out is is three uh, three pieces, which is the community, the culture, and the the creation itself. 
and and so those are the the the, the call the you dictates the cause and then the, the cause dictates the culture and the community and the and the creation interesting well, what is the village impact project this is uh, so for our re-release of the book. This is the new hardcover. It's revised. Um, we came out with a paperback version about a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. and and that was really well received. And then a, a publisher that I'm friends with asked to publish it, and we put it out there as a joint venture. And so this new hardcover, we decided to do a limited edition of a thousand copies that are autographed by me, plus some special bonuses, including a piece of jewelry that's created by by women in east africa wow. where it ties into this idea of all all the profits from from this package mm-hmm. go to actually support a building and funding a group of 50 different micro enterprises that are all complementary to each other that can support each other that would be if we start from a blank slate with a village that we put these 50 micro enterprises in there and they would affect an entire village and lift that village out of, out of poverty and so that's what we're really excited to to get going with this project because we've we've supported this nonprofit for a long time. They're called Village Enterprise. They've they've done some really amazing work. Mm-hmm. Um, trained thirty some thousand micro entrepreneurs wow. in East Africa. And for each uh, business that they start, it actually affects something like like ten people hmm. and lifts them out of poverty. So so it's uh, it's it's such a you know I I totally believe in entrepreneurship as as the way to to break free and be help people become self-sustaining and i don't believe yeah. in charity just for charity's sake I, right. i'm interested in you know giving somebody a a a hand up not a handout mm. there's someone once actually said to me that they they kind of have more respect for bill gates than mother Teresa because you know mother Teresa was there you know to to give you a hug and to give you support Bill Gates supported millions of people with his with with his uh, with his fortune. So he actually saved millions of lives, whereas Mother Teresa just had them dying in her arms, which I, I guess sums up what you're what you're saying. Well, somewhat. I, I don't know. If, you know, I don't know if you okay. can quite put, you know <laughs> right. put the context of Fine. you know who you respect <laughs> one way or another. But I do feel like as an entrepreneur. So this is actually, you know, an interesting point that I bring up in the book is mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people will talk about giving back and I don't, I don't believe in giving back. I believe that that word or that phrase implies guilt and implies that yeah. entrepreneurs we've taken something and as entrepreneurs, we are value creators. So, you know, Bill Gates is a massive value creator through, mm-hmm. through Microsoft and what he's done and, and everyone else, if they've been in business for, for any length of time, they have to be a value creator unless they have some sort of, you know, monopoly that's been provided by the state or, or something to that effect. But, mm. but, you know, business in its purest sense is a, a value based transaction. And, and so we're delivering value that way. And, and, you know, giving back implies guilt. So that's why I'll talk about, you know, creating an impact or, or something like that, where it's a different context. And as a copywriter, you know, words are, extremely important yeah i'll get you to write the title for this show (laughs) um what's the success rate with with the the you mentioned the entrepreneurship um in in africa you're getting instead of instead of basically instead of feeding a man a fish you're you're teaching him how to fish right Right. um now in in the u.s it's about what is like an 80 percent of businesses fail in the first five years right what what have you found that has been the success rate in Africa with the enter- enterprises? 
they've done incredibly well. And so that, that 80% uh, failure rate, I think is a little overstated uh, okay. because, because companies, you know, change names or they merge or whatever the case is, or, or they're looking at filings and a lot of those are very, you know, super lifestyle driven entrepreneurs, whatever the case is. But let's, mm-hmm. you know, let's, let's even say it's 50%, 40%, whatever it is. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely a high rate, yeah. you know, for, for village enterprise, they, uh, it's something like, I think, and I might be totally a little bit off, but if, if you go to villageenterprise.org, you can see all the stats mm-hmm. and they, um, I think it's something like after, after 10 years, 75 or 80% of their businesses are still, are still wow. going. Wow. And to me, that's, that, that's, that's pretty powerful. And, and so you look at, yeah. So if you look at that, I mean, part of it, it I think is absolutely driven by they, they have no other choice. <laughs> right. So, so I think, I think that's, that's a huge one, right? When, when somebody burns all, all the ships kind of thing, uh, they, they are, they're committed and, and they're going to make it work. Uh, the other, the other part of what I think makes this really work well is that they, they have figured this out. Uh, the founders of Kiva came from village enterprise and, and so they were so inspired by work that they were doing on the ground that, that, that they were able to continue it in the way that, that Kiva has and, and grown mm-hmm. in a, in a huge way. So they're, they're kind of under, I don't know, not as well known. And, and so I do like shining light on, on, um, on enterprises that are doing really great work. Cool. And you've, you've pretty much hung out with Richard Branson. You become quite friendly with him. Um, I know, I know that there's a lot of people listening to this, including, including myself. We, we kind of look up to Richard as like, a you know, a guru, like some, someone that, you know, untouchable. How, how did you build that relationship? Yeah, so yeah, I mean, Richard is definitely one of my biggest business heroes originally, and and someone that that I, I look up to and and love what he does and what he stands for because he's you know, somebody who not only cares about making a difference in the world, but doesn't take himself too seriously, and has just done some remarkable things with with his companies and and his business. Uh, it actually started with a friend of mine who met him at a charity dinner and and shared with him. A concept that he used with with one of his friends, and for them to become one of the biggest uh, donors to Make a Wish, and and so Richard said, you know, why don't you send that information to me? And got his his email, and uh, and then so he had planned the trip to to Necker, which is Richard's home, uh, his, his private island and BVI's, mm-hmm. and he had invited a few people, and all of us were you know paying to to contribute to to his charity and to be there. And so I, uh, he, he asked me and I said, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to go. Wow. And, and so that was the very first time that, that I really had a chance to spend a little bit of time with Richard. And then the next year, uh, my, my friend Joe and I, we, we teamed up to do this trip together because he's like, well, I don't know if I can, I can fill it again this <laughs> next year when we just split it and, and do it together. Joe and Polish. So for the next, yeah, exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and so for the next couple of years we did that. And then the last couple of years we've just been running the trip, uh, ourselves and you know Richard and I really connect on. He's he doesn't love to talk about business necessarily, but but you know if we talk about how do we use business as a as a force for good, how do we um, how do we you know we, we definitely connect on on about space, about adventure, about all sorts of things, and and so you know that's maybe maybe a a little guideline for for people as they're you know if they want to get to know somebody like that. That usually it's not what they're typically famous for that that is uh, the connection point 
That interesting. Very interesting. And apparently you have a group of people that you take to Necro Island. I think it is it once a year that that you have like a sort of a, an opportunity for people to meet with Richard on the island. Is that still going on? Yeah, that's still going on actually. Cool. Uh, you know, as as of uh, our conversation right now, I don't know when this will air, but it, it happens uh, once a year. And this year, it's in it's in April. And April. So, okay. Yeah. So it's it's something that that has been really incredible, and this will be our ninth year uh, hosting an event there. So it's that's part of uh, how that well, that relationship <clears throat> has grown. Well, this this is actually airing in in uh, in the next week maybe a week and a half. So there is a little bit of time. Is there any spaces available for those listening that maybe they want to jump on this opportunity? I mean, is there space, number one? And number two, what does it cost for them to to do it? Um, yeah, there there might be one one spot. I can't, I, I oh, well. can't talk about okay. the, the space on, on, the, uh, on the air, but if they go to maverick1000.com slash Necker, mm. N-E-C-K-E-R, they can they can fill out an, an app there and, and then we'll get in touch with them. Uh, just know that it's all the all the proceeds go direct to Virgin Unite and it's it's not an insignificant ticket and but it is something that that is is well received and we've been able to raise over three million dollars so far. Uh, wow! For for that organization, that's incredible. So you mentioned uh, there's a couple of things that you mentioned um, in terms of you know becoming successful. Um, in business, one is is having somebody that's there to support you. So whether it's a relative um, or a friend uh, or a business mentor, what other tactics could you share with our listeners uh, to help them really sort of grow their business and and become you know leaders in in their industry? Sure, uh, you know I think so. If we look at the evolved enterprise framework, as I mm-hmm. mentioned, it starts with you. Yeah, and and so you had you had talked about you know are there commonalities like morning rituals or anything like that that people have mm-hmm. and i never i never really cared too much about a morning ritual or anything like that except for the last couple years and it's been you know the more so i have these um i call them nine m's and i have a blog post on it called uh, the daily return path to to joy, happiness, and bliss, or something like that, and it's at it's at my website, or mm-hmm. um, and and but it's probably one of one of our more popular blog posts, and, and really talks about like during this time period of things kind of going sideways, it really forced you to look at your identity being so closely linked to your your business, and and that you know really forced me to, to look at okay what what was I doing, and and did I have a real intentional aspect of of how I was growing myself. And, and one of the things that, that really came about during this time, which, which I think is, is a practice that, that is so, so powerful and, and, and so, you know, works for, for everyone when you, when you, when you do work it, but having a mindfulness practice and you see this more and more, mm-hmm. it's getting more and more sort of publicity these days. And, and for good reason, I mean, science backs up, you know, for mindfulness practice doesn't have to be meditation. Uh, but, but meditation is, is something that, that is probably one of, one of the best out there and whether it's 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes a day. And I, I actually learned this from, I got a chance to interview a guy named Russell Simmons, who's a hip hop mogul, mm-hmm. mogul and, you know, just really interesting guy mm-hmm. who brought our run DMC out into the world and, and, uh, he's got a couple of different brands and, you know, he's 
all over the place and and he swears by by meditation and and yoga and and a, a vegetarian diet and and so being able to go interview him i'm like well i can you know let me let me give this a try and, and so <laughs> right. i did it for a week before interviewing him and it, it just stuck and and so you know if, if it's sort of a it's sort of something i love these experiments right so I'll, I'll try different experiments that that might go on for for 30 days or so and and just see what what happens and how do i feel afterwards and that would be definitely an experiment to try another another thing to try is journaling i've been doing this for years and years mm. and if you really want to get deeper into what you know what what is going to drive you and what's going to what's going to excite you and what's going to how are you going to be able to put out your most meaningful work into the world? Uh, journaling really helps express that those deepest thoughts and, and feelings. And, and it also helps as entrepreneurs because we have so much stuff sort of rumbling around inside our heads that, that it gets to a beginning, middle and end very quickly. And, and mm-hmm. there's all, all other aspects of, of journaling as well. I use it for, for gratitude and I'm writing about, you know, what I'm thankful for and, and, jotting down ideas and they continue to grow inside my journal and, and so forth and so that's another practice that that is really worthwhile to try right you're also an adventure junkie so i think you've have you you've been to space right you're one of the i think number 154 am i right in saying that uh yeah one, 144 on 144. virgin galactic but but we uh we haven't gone yet uh it's still oh. still works and uh, so it's something that, that I'm anticipating and looking forward to. And that's another you know, thing that Richard and I connected on. That's crazy. So when are you scheduled to go into space? I mean, that's, that's wild. Yeah, good question. I have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea. Uh, yeah, I mean, if I, if I was going to guess, I think it's going to be in the neighborhood of 2020. Wow. And we'll, okay. So we'll, we'll see. But uh, I think the first, the first flight will be, will be pretty soon. I mean, they're, they're making... A lot, a lot of headway. I mean, they had a, a very, uh, a very unfortunate crash uh, oh last goodness. last Halloween. Whoa. I think with the first ship, and and you know they, they they were able to to fix what that error was, and they had another ship that was about sixty percent built, and so hmm. that just you know joined everyone together in a in a deeper way to to say we're gonna we're gonna do this and and continue doing it, and it was great to see also how the the, the quote-unquote future astronaut community really continued to rally around around uh, the company, and and there are very few people that that dropped out. Well, what's the I guess besides for going into space, which hasn't happened yet, what's the most exciting adventure you've been on? Yeah, a lot. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm I don't know. Uh, <laughs> maybe flying flying a MiG jet in Russia was was pretty exciting. Wow. You're, you know, you're the back co-pilot. And you're in this amazing piece of technology, and you feel like Top Gun. And wow, that's and, incredible! Uh, so, you know, the guy is doing inverted passovers over the runway at about fifty meters or so, mm-hmm. and so it's pretty, pretty darn. Uh, so inverted, you know, you're upside down, passing over the runway. No way. So you're just, uh, and you're just watching. <laughs> You know, I, I kind of doubt that they would let you do that in the states, and, right. and so since I speak Russian, you know, there's an automatic um, altitude kind of warning that goes on, and and so oh. I'm listening to this woman's voice, you know, warning, warning, and, and all this <laughs> stuff going on. So it's it's it was pretty great, and uh, so I'm giving him a hard time talking to him in Russian, and and so my you know they they they'll tell you okay, get ready for for G's, and and you got a G suit on, and um, 
and so we, we did, I don't know, like 7.5 G's or something like that. And, and so when you, when you have a, a lot of G's that your vision will start to, uh, to get tunnel like, and then you'll pass out eventually if you're not, no you're not way. Ready. so I started getting a little bit of that tunnel vision and I'm like, okay, you know, that, that's good. <laughs> I, I have anything to prove. And then at the end, um, he's like, okay, we're going to, you know, do another G maneuver. And the guy's like, I think, I think we pulled like 8.5 G's. So it's the most of oh my the God. group. And, and so he was, he was just messing with me and, but I didn't black out and, and it loved it and, you know, got off the tarmac and, and the guy's like, yeah, this is strong man, 8.5 G. <laughs> Brilliant. And I suppose like, why do you do the adventures? Is it, is it because you want to sort of, I guess, refresh, do you feel refreshed afterwards? Like when you go on these crazy adventures and you come back, do you find that you can do more, um, in business, after you've been on these adventures? Yeah, so it's interesting. Like, if you would have asked me that question five years ago, I would have said, yeah, absolutely. That's, you know, mm. the whole reason. And and now it's, I've gotten to the point where I've become a lot more present in the moment. And I think mm. that, you know, a lot has to do with the meditation practice and so forth, where it used to be, I mean, I literally remember my wife coming with me in New Zealand. We did a bungee jump. She didn't do it. She just watched. <laughs> and, it was like a 440 foot bungee jump and literally before oh i could even they could bring me back up no. like you know isn't there a bigger one in south <laughs> africa Switzerland? Like, you know zero presence for for what was going on and just thinking about what the next one is and and so that's that's really changed and and learning to appreciate and be in in the moment and what's going on and i think that you know a unique experience does really get you out of your, your current environment so it, it helps you to think differently it helps you to, to see things differently and and just you know kind of kind of kind of sparks some unique connections so right. so i think there's there's a lot of merit in in the adventure uh and but it doesn't have to be as as wild as, as some of the stuff i've done that's really cool so in, in in other words like you've basically uh kind of substituted the crazy adventures for more of a meditative kind of mindful exercise and that kind of does are you saying that does more for what not necessarily substituted i think that not only living for those absolute peak experiences right. of happen you know a couple times a year right. and and being being perfectly content and present with with you know where you are in a day-to-day -day and not being like oh gosh you know <laughs> the only time i'm feeling totally alive is i don't know jumping off a cliff or something like that so <laughs> So not having that be the only time that 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 you feel that that sense of um, of aliveness. Well, Yannick, this has been absolutely incredible. And uh, how do how do my listeners get a hold of your book, Evolved Enterprise? Is that on Amazon? Can I link it up? Yeah, yeah, it's on Amazon. Yep, yeah. uh, it's on Amazon right now. And uh, and also that package that you mentioned that supports um, funding the, the the micro entrepreneurs and funding that entire village is at evolvedenterprise.com. Okay, evolvedenterprise.com. So those, those will be in the show notes. And also, Yannick, if my listeners want to get in touch with you, what's the best way they can get in touch with you? Uh, probably probably via Twitter. I'm just at yannicksilver.com or at yannicksilver. Just, or in my, yep, in my at Yannick blog. Silver. Yep, my personal blog is yannicksilver.com. Y-A-N-I-K. Cool. And uh, for those of you listening that want to get those uh, links and resources, just go to my show notes, which will be at danielgeffen.com forward slash 70. So that's danielgeffen.com forward slash 70. Yannick, 
thank you so much for letting me pick your brain. Thank you to all my fellow brain pickers. I'm looking forward to the day when I'll be picking your brain. You've been listening to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast. Inspiration without perspiration is like a tiger without teeth. So to put these ideas into action, head over to danielgeffen.com.